Hello, welcome to the Go Home Podcast. We are your hosts, Mary and Michael Leppard. We have been in the homeschooling world for over 25 years. We authored the Homeschooling Almanac and the Homeschooling Book of Lists. We produced 14 homeschool conventions over the years with speakers such as John Taylor Gatto and David and Mickey Colfax. Our publication, The Link Homeschool Newspaper, brought together all religions and all styles of homeschooling. We began with the idea that all religions and all styles of homeschooling have something to learn from each other. We are producing the Go Home podcast with the same sentiment. The Go Home podcast will focus on all things home. Homeschooling, homeworking, home living, and why Americans are going back to their homes. Welcome to the Go Home podcast. Command of the language is more important than ever, beyond the SAT. People judge you by your speech and word choice. English from the Roots Up, Volumes 1 and 2, and the corresponding flashcards are the ideal tools for developing a broad vocabulary enjoyably. Learning the Greek and Latin word roots used in English allows you to figure out new words successfully and remember meanings of familiar ones. Visit Literacy Unlimited at www.englishrootsup.com for complete information. Welcome to our podcast today. I'm really excited to have Martin and Carolyn Forte on the show. You know, I think about them all the time because I homeschooled my son for 30, not 32 years, he's 32. I'm not still homeschooling him, but I guess sometimes I think I am, or maybe I wish I was, I don't know. But I homeschooled him his whole life. We homeschooled him. And um, so I was friends with Martin and Carolyn, and they came to our homeschool convention every single year. And I've learned so much from them. I, 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 they're like a fixture in the homeschooling community and they've been friends, they've been mentors, and I really, really care about them a lot. I like to tease Carolyn Forte that she's a female John Taylor Gatto. She's really an intellectual brain and she mixes intellectualism with philosophy and She's the kind of person that you could talk to forever about raising children and the state of society. Martin is really great at everything to do with homeschooling. He's a friend and he is like, you know, a rock in the homeschool community. And I really value their knowledge and their opinions about things. And so I'm super happy to have them on the show. So please enjoy this podcast with Martin and Carolyn Forte. Welcome to the Go Home Podcast. And today I'm really excited because I have Martin and Carolyn Forte from Excellence in Education. Excellence in Education is a homeschool bookstore, and it's also an independent study program for homeschoolers. And Martin and Carolyn and uh, our magazine go way, way back. And I'm scared to say this, but it's like 25 years. And for 25 years, we've been saying we're going to have dinner together, and I don't think we've ever once done it. Which <laughs> <laughs> yes. So anyway, Martin and Carolyn, welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you here in our podcast. Go Home is about going home, all things homeschooling, home living, home learning. So that's the audience that we're speaking to. So I'd love you to tell the audience a little bit about yourselves and what you do at Excellence in Education and also with the game curriculum. So go ahead. 
Okay, I'll do that introduction, and then Carolyn can do the game curriculum. Okay. So we started, my wife and I, we started homeschooling way back in the 80s. Wow. And the reason we started homeschooling was that Miss Carolyn, she um, read an article about homeschooling. Oh, where? Where, she went, where did she read was that? A, it was a magazine, and our neighbor showed her the magazine to read a different article on a different subject. But Carolyn, being the reader she is, had to go through the whole magazine and came up with this article in homeschooling. <laughs> and we, had, we knew from the very beginning, we are not going to put our kids in the public school arena. Before the article, and, you knew that? or. Uh, Yes, yeah. we, we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a public school teacher, I knew I never wanted my children in a public school. And so we were looking for alternatives, and then Carolyn showed me that article, and it was an immediate, we're doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were one of the pioneers. Yep. And we eventually, we homeschooled Tanaya. She's our oldest. She was homeschooled up to 17 years old, at which point she went to um, community college. Okay. When she, when she was 10 years old, she had this fantastic dream to be a pilot. And so we encouraged that. We, we believe in child-led and we believe in ownership. And we integrated aviation into everything we did. Oh, I didn't know so, that about, about so her. We did. Yeah. And when... Um, we were homeschooling our girls. I had a real job, which required an extensive amount of travel, one to three weeks out of the month. So a lot of times I would go, field trip. And they'll go, where, Dad? I'm doing Seattle for two weeks. You want to come? Yep, I'm coming. And off we went. But we found every air museum we could find, from little itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny city aviation museums to the big Boeing Museum up in Seattle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When she was 12, she said, Dad, I want to be a missionary. We go, hot dog, let's go for it. And then at that point, that became part of her life. Now, flash, fast forward to age 20, and she's the first woman pilot to fly for the African Inland Missions Aviation Team in Kenya. You're kidding me. I didn't know so, that. That's fabulous. Yeah. And the power of the dream is easily harnessed in the homeschool community. And then Tyleen, our youngest one, a totally different creature, I mean totally different, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she was homeschooled up through 10th grade. But she was born with a genetical predisposition to party 101. <laughs> so she had to do the, she had to do the, the social thing. So she went into a private Christian high school for her last two years. Oh, and how did and that go? It went very well, actually, for her. Mm-hmm. And she continued on to go to college as well. And she got her degree in theology, whereas Tanaya got her degree in aviation. That's so and fascinating. To, mm, Yeah, and today, Tanaya is a homeschool mom living on a farm up in the Central Valley. Ah. And Tylene is pastor of women's ministries for a large church in San Diego. Really? That's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And tell me how old their children are. I'm going to say dot, dot, dot right here to take a short break to give you a message from one of our sponsors. American Academy, Christian Correspondence and Online Homeschool guides parents as partners in teaching their child. 
From kindergarten to grade 12, American Academy helps provide for your child's emotional, academic, and character needs. Accredited by the National Association of Private Schools, American Academy offers solid, customizable courses, flexible schedules, parent training, record-keeping, and constant support via phone and email as just some of the services you receive as an American Academy family. Visit www.american-academy.com today and begin your learning journey. So the eldest is, um, is 15, just last week. Uh-huh. And uh, the youngest is, I think, 10. Oh, that's so, great. Wow, six. time goes by. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) That makes us real old folks by now. (laughs) Well, I hope we have dinner before you guys are 80. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll we'll definitely do that. We've only got about seven more years to do that. (laughs) But um, so anyhow, we uh, to get back to your original question, we we were a successful homeschool family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of our friends ask us, can you help us? Can you help us? And that was the, the genesis of EIE. Wait, so tell tell out, me when Karen, Carolyn stopped teaching. Carolyn, that's your job again. Stop teaching? You mean in a public school? In a public school, yes. Oh, um, let's see. Well, I lasted five years. And so before you uh, had I, children, you stopped teaching. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, it was in the seventies, and so maybe seventy six. Mm-hmm. I quit teaching. Oh, I and, see. To raise a family and yeah, to raise me. Oh, so I was done. <laughs> I, mean, I was. I was just absolutely. I was. I was completely like this. This is a horrible place. It's. They have horrible books. They have. It, it's just not good for no, not a good place for children. Wow. But he's ever John, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's just you know. Um, so I I wasn't good, and I and actually went in and did, I did some other things. I I was a bank teller for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I I ran um, a medical office for five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I started having babies and wanted to be home. So yeah, that's great. Uh, so, so go ahead and continue with how you started Excellence in Education. Well, we just we just started helping people. Then they said, "Can you file an affidavit and we can be under you?" So we started at our home, uh, the spare bedroom, with maybe a half a dozen families that want to be with us. And then one day, this young lady called Jill Wilcox from Science to You comes up to us and said, I need to have someone in the homeschool community accept me as their science teacher. Mm. Why don't you tell the story, Carolyn? That's a good deal, too, you know? Well, I'm doing all the yakking. One day, <laughs> I, I mean, we were, I was working out of our home. Um, we had started just a small group. Uh, we had we had already a pretty good size homeschool group that we were part of before we started our store but, and our our PSP. But one day I got a call from this lady who wanted to teach science to homeschoolers. She 
um, loved science and wanted to teach, but she didn't want to teach in the schools. So uh, she calls me up and tells me what she wants to do. And so I said, okay, well, I guess you could teach on our deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if it rained, we moved inside to the dining room. So I think we started with five or six students uh, out of our homeschool group. They weren't necessarily all in our school, but just people, homeschoolers we knew. And from there, then in a year or so after that, we uh, rented a small unit. I think it was uh, about 800 square feet. No, more like 400. It was small. Well, that was <clears throat> the first one, but she didn't, I don't know. <clears throat> yes, I remember we had, the, we had those uh, church pews in that tiny little narrow room. Right, but yeah, that was that was a tiny room. Anyway, yes, we were in this um, unit. It was a little bit. It was eight hundred square feet. Had a teeny tiny little classroom that was ridiculous. Um, and somebody had left some church pews there when they moved out, and so there was room for the church pew on each side and the table and you literally had to walk on the church pews in order to get down to one end of the table. It was pretty hilarious. And so wow. we were there humble beginnings. About <laughs> six months and, and then we moved to a larger place. But uh, Jill started teaching classes there. It got really popular. Pretty soon she's teaching classes in other locations, and she had to hire other teachers. And Science to You is a pretty big concern now um, because she's just a superstar teacher. She's- oh, that's fabulous. And she's still with you. Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so <clears throat> can you explain to the listeners what, uh, would you consider is excellence in education an independent study program in ISP? Well, it's uh, a lot of things. Um, so uh, now they call it a PSP. I don't know. I guess the private satellite program. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, the schools took the independent study program thing, so to avoid confusion, homeschoolers changed the name to private school program. Private satellite program. Oh, see, I should know that. I've never even heard that term. Oh, that's, okay, that's interesting. So, because who, part of our new listeners are going to be people who just newly pulled their kids out of school. So, could you just, if someone, if I were to call you and say, I just pulled my kids out of school. How should I homeschool? What should I do? What would your answer be? I know that could be a broad answer, but what would you tell me to do if I didn't know what to do? We would like to have them come into our resource center so we can meet the family. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we do, we do not believe in one size fits all. So we highly customize each family's curriculum to meet their their needs, their goals, their dreams, and their financial status. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we offer here, as well as our classes and field trips and uh, park days, we do learning style assessments where we can take the child and determine with great detail how they like to learn. And we do the same for the parent 
because the parents' learning style dictates their teaching style. Oh, that's very... Oh, really? That's and, really interesting. I, I never thought about that. And so we're able to accommodate and bring in solutions when there's a conflict between the parent and the child, especially if it's based on learning style differentials. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we do that. And then every so often we do a um, homeschool 101 presentation. Mm -hmm. And within the next three or four weeks, I will have on our websites the um, a, like a, a, YouTube a, a video, YouTube video on Homeschool 101. Oh, that's excellent. And what website should folks go to if they want to watch that? Probably they want to go to doctor, that's D-O-C-T-O-R, homeschool.com. Mm -hmm. That's where I'll probably have it. And we'll probably have a link on our excellence in education, homeschooling.com okay. um, website directed to drhomeschool.com. So if someone watches your video, Martin, then they, if they're in Detroit, can they watch the video and actually call you and have you help direct them with curriculum? They can do that, yes. We cannot necessarily enroll them in our academy because of state laws. Right, they Both. have to be California students, mm -hmm. right. But uh, we can definitely work with them on learning styles and helping them set up uh, a curriculum if they wanted to. Okay. That's great. That's great to hear. And um, what, uh, you know, I think about this all the time with homeschooling because, you know, I'm getting phone calls from people and emails and what, you know, it's the same old thing of what do I do? Where do I go? How do I start? And I used to say at our homeschool convention that homeschooling is not a verb. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Because a lot of these people who are new to homeschooling, they think it's a thing that they like set up in their house. And how do we answer those questions without making it sound like we're so far to the left that we don't do anything but take field trips? You know, like how, how can we answer that? Because you guys are really the experts. There, there are a lot of ways to homeschool. And that's why we like to talk to each individual family. Mm -hmm. If, for instance, we have a family that is going to homeschool for one year or two years at most, we'll kind of follow a more traditional approach. So when they go back into the system, they're not at a disadvantage. If they're going to go into um, a long term, let's say from now through high school graduation, then we take a little different approach where we will integrate not only the family dynamic, but the, but the passion and the dream of the student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For, for instance, if, if a student wants to really become uh, the new owner of, of his father's plumbing business, well, we're going to go on a vocational track. If the child wants to become a doctor, lawyer, or whatever, that requires a college track, then we'll gear it toward that direction. So there's no really one way. I see. And Carolyn, why don't why don't you explain, Carolyn, to the audience how we homeschooled? Okay. Well, <laughs> um, but Carolyn, we, first though, could you say that what are the different ways to homeschool? Unschooling, school at home eclectic, what are the different ways? And then tell us what way you did it. 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll start out explaining that originally the term unschooling was coined by John Holt, who was a, an, an educator mm-hmm. uh, in the brilliant, brilliant man, and um, he realized very quickly that schools weren't a good place uh, so he coined that term, but it didn't mean what it seems to mean today. Unschooling, in John Holt's term, was oh, uh, unschooling was um, it just meant not going to school, right? And right. so it it could be when we started, um, my neighbor and I kind of started together, and she found, she uh, already knew about John Holt, and she subscribed to his magazine, Growing Without Schooling, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that was a kind of, it's kind of like Facebook um, in magazine form. Right. Um, oh, that's a good way to put it. It was like, it, people, was, it was even the colors, yeah. you're right, it was blue and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So people would write in and they would tell what they were doing. And it was everything you can think of. Um, some people were just, I don't know, taking care of animals on the farm. Some people were um, giving their kids formal classes. They were ordering textbooks from from uh, one of the very few companies that would um, – sell to homeschoolers in those days. Some people were very creative and they would talk about the things they did. So it was a great place to get ideas, but everybody considered themselves unschoolers mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that, that's the way. So you mean now, because, because we didn't go to school, right? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't go to school. You're an unschooler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, interesting. But that's kind of, um, morphed into a, a people think of unschooling now is kind of unteaching um, mm-hmm. or it, and it gets even worse than that maybe but sort of like um, free free learning and child-led learning 100% child-led learning well yeah um, and and yet you you kind of hope i mean if you don't pay attention to what your children um gravitate to, then you're just, you're liable to end up copying school, which is really not a good model for learning. Mm-hmm. In fact, it wasn't even created to be a good model for learning. It was created to um, train children to do boring, repetitive tasks for long periods of time so they'd make good factory workers. That's, right. that's what our schools were created for back during the Industrial Revolution, and we've still got the same thing now. Uh, It's just that they say it's for college and career readiness, but that's just really baloney. Or, you know, Um, we have to have a separate podcast about the history of homeschooling because all of those things are so fascinating. And I think if if most people knew the genesis of uh, the educational system, they would recognize all the problems in society and see why they're there. Because I don't, I think most people don't know that, you know, it's very fascinating, but. Oh yeah. Almost nobody knows that you you have to do a little digging Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, I happen to stumble on all of this, but, um, 
there are different different styles, lots of different homeschool styles. So we, we talked about the what is now called the unschooling style, but there's the Charlotte Mason mm-hmm. style, which is basically reading real books, mm-hmm. not textbooks. Textbooks uh, don't have to be interesting because they're created for a captive audience. But real books have to be interesting, captivating, otherwise no one will buy them. Right. So right. Uh, <laughs> so it's much better to give your child a real book about volcanoes or um Or a story about someone you, who lived near a volcano. Yeah, right. Or about the, the Civil War or something. Um, because they'll be it's it'll be engaging and your child is much more likely to remember things in it. I mean, really, um, think about how, how much do you remember from your sixth grade history class? Right. Which nothing. was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, but if you read really fascinating stories out of real books, you know, so that's, um, so that's the, roughly the Charlotte Mason method and all, lots of other labels have been put on that. Uh, a lot of different companies have taken off with a variation on that theme, but um, probably Charlotte Mason is the earliest to advocate that kind of thing. Right, like Um, the nature journaling and all the different phases that you do, right? Just really, I always thought of Charlotte Mason method as just all around enjoying life. I mean, I I remember when I first got into it, I, I thought, well, I've been doing this all along, walking in the park and looking at leaves and giving my, my little boy a camera to take pictures and just, you know, just experiencing nature and life and reading great books, you know. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And um, something that's kind of similar uh, is Dr. Raymond Moore's mm-hmm. method. He came up with a, called a Moore formula. And not too many people remember Dr. Moore mm-hmm. anymore, but um, the, uh, the Moore Foundation still exists and people homeschool through them. And he had a really unique formula. He had actually studied homeschoolers very extensively to see what really worked. I mean, he was a school administrator, and but he really wanted to know what works and what doesn't work. And so he researched and he, he developed a formula and I'll just throw it out really fast, but yeah. it was tell your children to spend a third of their time in studying, mm-hmm. a third of their time in giving service, yes, helping, service, right. yeah, giving, and a third of their time in working. And mm-hmm. when he said work, he meant real work that they earned money for. Mm-hmm. Whether it's family business, a little family enterprise, create your own business, do something to earn money. And that's really, that's what we did. We didn't count hours and try to figure, oh, well, one-third of this and one-third of that. We, we didn't. It's just that we we did all those things. And it... it uh, it's, it was a, it's a fabulous formula. It works really, really well. So really, when you describe Dr. Raymond Moore's philosophy, it's very much like early Americans. It's like, you know, you have a farm or you, you have a, um, a little general store and, and your kids, you know, go help Mrs. So-and-so and then they 
they learn how to read and write so they can help in the store. And then they, you know, they divide their time up and have a really rich life. It's really just the way early Americans lived, I think, isn't it? Yes, I think so. I hadn't thought of that before, but but it's true. It is. Uh, And some of the most brilliant people in history came out of that. Right, exactly. Um, Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. No, it's true. It's really true. And I, so how, when, when you think of the worries, especially that people have now when, you know, their kids aren't going back to school for three months, what are they going to do? I mean, what, what would you really tell them to do to actually, how can they incorporate that into their, their lifestyle when the parents might be working from home or they are not used to spending time with their children at all, what can they do? Like, what would your advice be to them? We will return after a short break and a message from one of our sponsors. Are you raising a teenager? It's likely you can use some help guiding them. Good Sense is a free book of help for teens from the book of Proverbs. King Solomon's special messages to young people about work, friendship, being authentic, relationship with God, and more. Published by Christian Biblical Church of God. Get yours today at www.cbcg.org backslash good hyphen sense dot html. Well, I'd say take advantage of this wonderful opportunity mm-hmm. to, to do things now that you have time that your children would never have time to do mm-hmm. if they're in school. Right. Um, what, you know, different people have different situations, but they can be very, very creative. Um, children remember what they're fascinated by. So find out what your child really loves and then feed it. And even though we don't have libraries open right now, um, you can you can access so much on the internet if you want to do some research. You can do hands-on things that you wouldn't have time to do if if you have children who like to do hands-on things. Uh, they can build a castle uh, out of cardboard boxes or or whatever in in their your living room. You can um, maybe create. Uh, costumes. It's really amazing what you can do with what's in your own closet. Right, right. Um, and <laughs> you can just have a blast. Um, and yet kids will remember these things. If you uh, decide that if, if they maybe want to know, read it, read a book to them. Read The Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Um, That's even, a tough book even, to read. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I thought of that because one of uh, my friends, whose daughter now actually works in the White House, mm. um, uh, told me that the family, she had bought a, uh, a simple little abridged, highly abridged um, illustrated version I of know the, the three version you're talking about right and it gets real colored and really pretty on the outside yeah, yeah I know the one she um the kids read that and they went oh we we want to know the real thing so she went out and got the three musketeers and they read it as a family mm. and um they, but then they wanted more. Well, isn't there more? And so <laughs> most people don't realize this, but that's Three Musketeers is part of a series. Oh, I didn't and, realize that. Yeah. 
So you're learning all about um, 19th century, 18th century. I'm not sure exactly, but there, yeah, there, he wrote at least there are three or four books in the series. I think there's one prequel, and then there's one called Ten Years After and Twenty Years After. Mm-hmm. And her kids, and there, she had five kids, so huge age span, but they all wanted to know about this and dig into it. So you see how you can, you just never know. You see that there, there's a little seed and in, in interest, feed it. Right, it's, right. It, it, the thing is, we're not used to that. Parents come in here and they say, tell me what to do. And I hate that. I know, I know. So what do you, what, <laughs> how do you tell them not what to do? Then you just say, like, what are the kids going to do tomorrow? They're used to being in school and now they want to be on their phones and on uh, video games. What do I do? What do I do? Well, there'll be, there'll be a transition period. I mean, everybody who has homeschooled for very long and who didn't start right from the get-go uh, knows that when you come out of school and you transition to a home situation, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, de- we call it detox. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a transition. And it can, it can maybe be a little rough, and especially if a parent has to work from home. That's going to make it trickier. Um, but be creative. The, I think the worst thing you can try to do with most kids, and, and I have to say most because some kids will just transition into doing all their work at home. I have a grandson like that. Oh, he just, eh, I get my work done really fast, and then I'm done, and then I go out and I go fishing mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there are kid, most kids... It's going to be a big fight if you're going to make them sit down for six hours a day and pretend they're in school. Right. So you recommend not to do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, you you got to start being creative, do little bits at a time, gauge, feel your way through it, and know it's okay. It's all right. Your kids are not going, their brains won't fall out right. if they aren't <laughs> just. And then, Carolyn, the one thing we've, <laughs> that we've developed to help in that situation is even if the parent stays home and works, there's a point where he goes, okay, I'm done for the day. You know, I put my eight hours in or whatever it is. Uh-huh. But Carolyn developed a wonderful concept called the game curriculum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where she has put together a list of games. And you can find that on her other website, gamecurriculum.com, where it's all the games are organized by subject, grade, by mastery level, kind of closely figured in to the grade level kind of thing. But it shows how you can use games to teach almost anything that's out there. Really, anything, even grammar. Uh, grammar. Oh yes, history, yeah, definitely grammar. Um, government, science, mm-hmm. uh, math at all levels from basically kindergarten up through high school. So the yeah, game. Now, on the we haven't finished it. So high school is incomplete. We only, I think, we only have science up there. Um, but we're but that's we're coming in the future. Yeah. 
So it's also games are an excellent way for the family to sort of detox, as you say, right? Because they could absolutely play games. And, oh yeah, and so and so, we're talking about board games, not electronic games. Right, right. And why is that? Why do you like board games better? Because board games allow family to interact together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you play a game on the internet, there's no personal interaction right then and there. How else can you? You know, when you lose 500 bucks because you got to pay park place rent, how can you show the emotion to your sister? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that on a video game. No, you can send a bunch and, of mean uh, icons. No. <laughs> yeah, so, right. <laughs> but part of the, part of the, um, the, the positive side to all this, which is there's not too much positive to this. Oh, the coronavirus, families, yeah. Yeah, families are starting to get to know each other better. Mm -hmm. And couples are starting to get to know each other better. Right. And you can use this time not only to transition the homeschool model, which is far superior than classroom. I mean, face it, it is impossible for you as a parent who loves your child um, to do worse than the state of California in educating your child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because California rates about number two or three as on expenditure per child, but we're down about 44 as far as quality of education mm-hmm. and success among our students. Right. So you as the, as a parent, you can't, you cannot really do worse if you just do a modicum of, of uh, enabling the child to become a self-learner. And that's one of the gifts of homeschooling. Your child will become truly a lifetime learner. Right, exactly. And I think we also have to uh, redefine what success means. I mean, what is success? And I I see that as a big um, opening point for these new parents to homeschooling uh, without really realizing, you know, it's okay to let these kids read books all day or do creative projects and and redefine success. And, And you see... In the house, in the home, less problems, less running around, less stress, and and maybe they'll develop a new joy of of being parents. You know, it's a whole different. Oh, absolutely! Way and of one life. of the hardest adjustments to make is in the definition of success. It has to be what the child wants to achieve, not what you as the parent want your child to achieve. Wow, you know, that statement is just, we understand that as homeschoolers, but, you know, how do you say that to parents who, you know, um, I was talking to Mary Emma Palula Willis about learning styles for this podcast, and she was saying that just because a child can't, doesn't understand something, a lot of school parents think that they don't want to get it. They're, they're just, uh, doing it on purpose because they don't want to do the work. They don't, she said, there's no children that ever say, I don't want to learn to read. I don't want to learn to do math. It's that if they don't understand it, it's a different learning style. And so with, uh, and it goes even further than that, Mary, because there's a little thing called integrated maturity. What does that mean? And it means that it's a point in a child's development when all the senses kind of become coordinated and they can work together, not against each other. Mm-hmm. And this occurs about age 
10, I think, Carolyn, around there, about the yeah, time. Yeah, do- Dr. Moore, I don't know if he coined the term, but, but he used it, and he said uh, sometime usually beginning um, in some children uh, around age 8, uh, and he's not the only one who talks about this, but uh, between 8 and 12, all the systems start to sync together. So it, learning is so much easier. And I remember when I, I was teaching first grade, and I remember sitting in the, in the teacher's lounge, and the teachers are all talking about how the light seems to go on sometime in late second grade. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. guess when they turn eight? Second grade. <laughs> yeah. An example, too, would be that Common Core totally violates this. And they're putting in, like in math, they're putting abstract concepts into a concrete thinking child's brain. And so the child is not capable of understanding variables in first grade. And so they get confused and they get frustrated, they get angry, but the parent says, my child is stupid. No, it's the presentation of the information that is less than perfect Mm -hmm. for that particular child. And within the homeschool community, we're able to work with that. For instance, my girls are both extremely uh, successful. Right, right. Tanaya did not learn to read to about age eight. Wow. And Tylene, Tylene was closer to 10. That's amazing. When she learned how to read with comprehension. Mm-hmm. So if, if my girls were in school, they would have been labeled as retarded or stupid or dumb or unmotivated. Slow and learners. And that label right. would have been the defining factor. And instead of being happy married mommy of three kids each and successful in their endeavors, who knows? It might have been some junkie or um, yeah, you never, yeah, I, I totally. an alcoholic. You never know. But because they violate this integrated maturity concept that we are very much believers in. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, the public school, all, all institutional schools throw so much at children that it's unbelievable. And I, I, I also followed Dr. Raymond Moore and his whole idea of play and how important it is to let kids play for till they're eight, nine years old, you know, and oh, and each it, child needs at least an hour to two hours of unstructured play and only one rule, no electronics. Right. That was my rule too. <laughs> it's hard to tell people out in the world who, are, who aren't homeschooling that though, especially right. because one exactly. advantage, we, we didn't have cell phones in those days. And so um, I, I think Unplug the Drug, I remember that book. It was, I think you guys are the ones who told me about it, but um, it, that was a great book about unplugging TV and everything. And I, I think now the world is so plugged in that uh, it's going to be a big transition for these folks. Oh, to, yeah, it can to, be. Yeah, yeah. But so, the, reward, yeah, the rewards are fantastic. Yep, yep, they sure are. And um, so anyway, tell the readers again, where or the listeners rather, I'm so used to the magazine, the listeners, where they can find out uh, where, where's the best place to get in touch with you, even if they're not in California to perhaps have you help them with curriculum or just be, you know, guidance counselors for them. Where would you like them to reach you? 
Well, you can go to our website, excellenceineducationhomeschooling.com or drhomeschool.com, and that would be the start. And all of our contact information are on those websites. Okay. All right. And then I'm thinking, you know, when I, I listen to NPR every morning and I I listen to the news and I think I hear these stories about people homeschooling and I think, what's going to happen? Like, what would I tell people um, whose kids are in school and they're pulling them out? Well, they don't have a choice. Schools are closed. Should they scramble and go crazy and trying to fill their heads up with a bunch of stuff? I say as a homeschool mom, no, don't do anything. Just don't let them do electronics. Don't let them play video games all day and give them good books to read and fun things to do, or maybe incorporate them into your life, what you're doing. What do you say? What should people well, do? Our, adi- oh, our attitude here is you want to spend only 40% of your time on academics mm-hmm. and 60% on exploration. Oh, I love that. Even if the and kid's then, 14 years old? Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. even more so. Uh, the thing is, you'll get so much. For instance, they're off school. They have time. They can... Well, I learned when I was a teenager, I was sick for a week, except I wasn't sick. I had the measles, couldn't go to school, but I was totally fine. So my mother, who was a substitute teacher in my high school, would bring my work home, and I suddenly discovered that I could do everything in three hours, and I'd have the rest of the day to do anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so I couldn't go out because I had the measles. But I, I could sew, I could do art, I could cook. I, I could do all kinds of things and learn to do them better, um, not in school. Have that opportunity. Right. Uh, the schools are still trying to figure out even how to give them work to do at home. And from what I read, that work won't be graded because that wouldn't be fair. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, because, yeah. I look at this as a chance to get your kids back. That's how I look at it. <laughs> exactly. So why not learn to cook? Um, right. Or so. Parent, or so. Or paint. Or any number of other things. Do woodworking in the garage if you've got that capability. Do There are so many things that kids don't have any time for in our society because they're so, and especially the teenagers, the teenagers learn need to learn to be competent in things other than just work pages in a book or answering the questions at the end of the chapter. They, they need to learn to be competent in all kinds of life skills, life skills. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when you said that, it, this is funny because I never think of this movie about the painter Frida. I never think of it. But when you said that, it popped into my head that she got in a horrible accident and she was in bed for like eight months. And that's when she started painting. And oh, wow. I, I think it was in the movie because the whole scene just yeah. popped into my head because it is true. Like it just opens up the door for so many other things and so many rich things to do and ways to spend your time. And I wonder what's going to happen, how many people might never go back 
and they might be remain homeschoolers, you know. Oh, there there certainly will be those who want to. I have to tell you about something. I opened up the Wall Street Journal, uh, the weekend edition here, uh-huh. um, and on the opinion page, way down at the bottom, uh, the headline, uh, the um, title caught me, Mommy, I like coronavirus. <gasps> so I had, I had to read this. So I'm just going to read you a couple sentences. Okay. Mommy, I like coronavirus because I get to spend time with you. Oh, I love that. Read me the next line. Um, okay, comma, a patient of mine, a lawyer, quoted her son as saying, with schools closed, social events postponed, and workplaces empty, usually busy professionals find themselves at home baking cookies, playing games, watching movies, and doing arts and crafts to keep their children occupied. Some are surprised to find they enjoy it. Oh, I lo- oh that, that gives me tears. It really does. Isn't that It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, that's a beautiful way to end the podcast because we're out of time. But I I thank you so much, you guys, for being on. And thanks for all the work. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the work you do. You're so welcome. And I love you guys both very much. And I appreciate it. We love you, too. Say hi to Lemon, too. All right, I will. (laughs) Okay. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for being part of our show today. The Go Home Podcast is a production of California Incline, LLC. Our producer is Lennon Leppert. To find out more information about today's podcast and going home, please visit our website at gohomebook.com. If there is a topic you would like us to cover, please email me at mary at californiainclinellc.com. Thanks for listening.